You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Okay, Shannon, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit as we start the show today. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I know you well enough that that really doesn't ruffle your feathers or, or make you nervous. So. Yeah. I have a hard time getting my feathers ruffled. Right. So, joke about feathers sometimes. So here's my question for you, because this is this is just a scenario that plays out in my life with my wife. That you know, we have times where um, kind of set the stage for sex is going to be happening that night. You know, or at least getting an interest level in it. And then you know, I'll get a hey, how about a little fooling around tonight? Or you know, there's something that's said throughout the day and. She's, oh, okay, that sounds great. And then she, we, we get in bed, and I'm sitting there reading or something because I'm in bed faster than she is. And mm-hmm. then she climbs into bed and just kind of looks at me and just waits and waits and waits and waits. <laughs> and Let me guess. Waits. Both of you want to be pursued. There you go. I mean, the so. The pursuer rather so, than the pursuee. So are, or, we, yeah. are we abnormal, or does that happen in your world? Yeah, I said that backwards. Yeah, I definitely think that everyone wants to be the pursuee. Being the pursuer takes energy and yeah. strategy yeah. and forethought, and it, and you do risk rejection. But being the pursuee, there's not a lot of risk involved in that. Sure. And it just makes you feel all warm and tingly and beautiful that this person would want to attack your bones. And yeah, it, it's, it, is, it is fun. But I think that it's fun both ways, though. I, I do think that it's really hot when a spouse decides I'm going to be the one. To sure. Attack. Yeah. Sure. It, it, yeah. And that's, a I mean, but it's interesting because when you both get in that mode of, you know, I want you to take the lead. I mean, that's the definition of stalemate, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that yeah. whole, I, I, I'm going to sit back and wait. And she's sitting there saying, I'm going to sit back and wait. And it's like, mm, well, I guess that's not going to happen, you know? Yeah, you could call it a stalemate, or you could call it two lazy spouses. No, no offense. <laughs> no, no, no. I hey, sometimes having sex at the last part of the day—that's kind of what you get sometimes. It you is. know, it's that it's that whole. I don't have a whole lot of energy here, babe. But when all we have is the leftovers, yeah, it, it can get pretty skimpy. <laughs> that's that's where I have found. Way. That's where I have found the the line of, hey, are you interested in some halfway mediocre sex tonight? To be pretty accurate on on kind of to. Explaining kind of what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, it, rare are the occasions when both spouses are pursuing each other avidly. That's like yeah. vacation sex. That is vacation sex. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. If you hadn't figured that out, that we have straight talk about married sex and all the ups and downs and ins and outs, puns intended, of that one. So we're <laughs> glad you've joined us. If you've got any questions or anything that you want to hear from us. Feel free to send us a, an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, which, by the way, this show is all your emails that we're going to just cover as many as we can during our time together. So if you've got something that we don't answer or have just has been rolling around in your head and wondering, send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, leave us a review. We love hearing feedback. There's one that just came on that talked about how this show offers a balanced perspective from both male and female point of view on a wide variety of specific topics, which is very, I love that. That's kind of a pretty clear depiction of exactly what we're trying to accomplish. That's our goal. The information is helpful, practical, actionable, and communicated in a way that I can relate to my own situation. 
The only way to get any better is if they did two shows a week instead of one. <laughs> See no pressure. No, <laughs> oh, I love it though. They want leave them wanting more. But <laughs> what a compliment! That's a great Indeed. compliment. We appreciate that. Absolutely. So, I mean, we've had a bunch of different sh uh, emails that have come into this show through the course of Sexy Marriage Radio. You know, because this is over two years that this show has been in existence, and it's largely driven by our listeners. And so, Shannon, and I, you, I you, love how honest the emails are, yes. whether it's being really honest about something that they like or don't like about the show or being honest about what's going on in their marriage or in their marriage bed. Some of the emails that we get are pretty gut wrenching. Some of the things that people are going through in their marriage. And we just feel like we are so privileged to get that peek behind the curtain right. in the inner sanctum of what's happening in your marriage world. That is not a responsibility that we take lightly. Not at all, because it's, it's humbling to me that when people reach out and, and kind of spill it. <laughs> that yeah. it's a great avenue for them to do so because it's it's not like you're talking to somebody face to face where you have to hide shame or embarrassment or guilt. You can write it all out and totally and, anonymous. And I love being that kind of a resource for people. So we've had lots of different emails, lots of different topics, lots of different shows that have come up from the the emails. I mean, a lot of our topics are are driven straight from emailers and listeners that say, "Hey, I'll, what about this? And what about that?" And so. I mean, there's this is this could be this show could be all over the place, Shannon. I'm just going to go ahead and say it up front and to our listeners, you know, thanks for joining us. But it could be all over the place that we go with this one. Yeah. As far as there's there's no topic that's going to be off limits. Well, since our questions that we get are all over the place, it seems <laughs> that the true. show would just follow suit. That's true. So here's let's just let's start right off. And and here's one that came on that we've had in the queue for a while that. And we've touched on this in a past show of, of when kids get in the way, but this is more specifically that husband and, and this will, and, our, and I just had our first baby and are now dealing with a low to no sex drive for the wife. Yeah. So she's breastfeeding and no, that has little to do with it or, and, and, you know, so it's kind of, there's just lots of stuff that's getting in the way because of just this, the time of life of a newborn in the house. And I know that was long ago for you, Shannon, because you guys are almost empty nesters, and I'm jealous. <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> um, but so amongst all the challenges of a new baby, finding time to even be together and the idea of sex is, is even sometimes gross and it's not enjoyable. So how do you navigate that season of life? I want them to know that this is a temporary season. Yes. This does not go on forever. But I think that we mentioned before, you know, there is a biological reason why a woman's focus totally shifts from her husband to her child, actually from the moment of conception. It's not just after the baby's born and when she's breastfeeding. It's from the moment of conception, her, her hormonal surges go toward bonding with that baby. You will get that bonding ability with your husband back, though. Um, but what I encourage young people couples to do is don't worry as much about intercourse just just touch just you know laying down yeah. next to each other for a nap skin to skin um you know him maybe holding her between his legs while she's breastfeeding where he feels as if you know it's kind of a family affair yeah. he can maybe rub her shoulders or you know or just stroke you know caress the sides of her arms or whatever it that oxytocin can start flowing and bonding the two of you regardless of what kind of skin to skin contact there is it doesn't have to be intercourse all the time right cuz it's touch is what brings about greater connection 
and the time you can spend together brings about greater connections. So it's not a, it's not the idea of, okay, how do I get sex back on the table? It's more, how do I get touch back on the table? Right. How can I get connectedness back right. on the table? And, it, and it's interesting because if you think about it, I mean, for a, for a new mom, I could see where touch could be a problem, though, because she's got an, an infant all over her all the time. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> selfish touch okay. can be a problem because let's just be real. Babies are selfish. That's exactly there, true. There's no way around it. I mean, babies are not looking to see what they can do for you. Right. <laughs> so when you have a husband who's coming at you to see what you can do for him touch-wise, it can be a huge turnoff. You just feel as if if one more person expects me to touch them, I'm going to scream. But if the husband is coming toward her with the attitude of, I want to touch you to bless you, let me give you a foot rub. Let me massage your back. Let me brush your hair. Yeah. Any, any type of activity where she feels as if she's being pampered, that's a big plus. Yep. Because she, you know, when you have babies that young, you're lucky to get a shower most days. <laughs> and to have somebody be intentional about, let me take time to rub lotion on your dry skin or whatever. I mean, that that can just feel like, you know, that, that you are at a spa or something, that you are being pampered. And that's what every new mom needs. Yeah. And I think of it, too, that for husbands, this is a time where you can step up and help. You could do things together. When the kid's not around, you know, when, when, during nap time, that it's not just sex, then it's wash bottles together or go for a walk. I, I think of one of the best things that Pam and I did when our daughter was born, when she was our first, was we walked every night together with, with the baby in the stroller. And, yeah. and we, I mean, and we look back on that and see that the, that six month span of almost every single night being out together for 20, 20 minutes to an hour, depending on the weather and kind of what we had going on, was a great time to bond and connect and talk. And, and we kind of set up this whole routine, and that laid some great foundations for us and for our children. And I love how easy conversation comes when you're out for a walk. Yeah. To walk and talk are the most natural things in the world because you're not distracted by the telephone, the television dinner, you know, there's nothing else going on except you and your walking partner and nature and the sound of the stroller wheels. And yeah, it, it can be a very bonding experience. Yes, it can. Okay. So here's, here's another one. Hey, can I throw in one more thing? I would love to hear one more thing. You said wash bottles together. Another idea to consider is send her to take a nap while you wash bottles. Uh -huh. The reality is, is new moms are so sleep deprived. Yep. And that's one of the main reasons that she's sexually disconnected is by the time she crawls in bed, the last thing she wants to do is one more physical activity. Yep. So give her naps frequently. It's going to take her months to get a hundred percent of her energy back. Yep. That's a good point. Thanks for adding that in there. Sure. All right. So here's one that uh, from a listener that's been listening for a while that began in 2013 and hasn't missed an episode. Thank you very wow. much for doing that. So, he, they're very they're very busy lots uh, several children in the house um, his wife is a meat and potatoes types of gal they, meaning they have sex once a week usually on Saturday which is date night so it's kind of that's the night to let your hair down <laughs> that's the night to relax once it a makes week, you wonder are the lights off well I, I don't know missionary position? I mean, it does say that once a week sex is good it's not super creative. They try yeah. different things and they usually enjoy each other, but it's it's still the routine within that routine. Yeah. Um, he started he started listening to the show 
and some things struck him in the sense that, wow, okay, I we are routine, and I've 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 wanted more, but I feel guilty for asking for more because it's kind of selfish, isn't it? I mean, that's how how dare I want more sex than than the good sex I'm already having? So, and it's one of those that. I'm trying to f- finalize what the what all he's saying because it, it when he brings the subject up of sex he's he's worried about her responses because he knows that it's about him but okay. if he if he will think in terms of her and her pleasure and her bonding and her satisfaction and her relaxation and her orgasm and when when, when do people develop such a selfish mindset about sex that they're so afraid that they're going to be seen as this horny pervert who's just trying to paw at them no sex should be something that you're offering your spouse that you're blessing them okay with you know with what you have to offer with what you have to bring to the table so why why should you be so nervous and walking on eggshells about the conversation when hopefully what you're trying to do is bless them and will you get blessed in return sure but it is more blessed to give than receive I'm sorry that, that that you will inspire cooperation a lot easier than you can require it. So would you say that maybe some of the guilt and fear associated with even bringing the subject up is acknowledging the fact that, wow, sex has been kind of one-sided? Yeah, I, I would say that if you're nervous about bringing it up, it's probably because you you have been thinking from a selfish perspective. Okay, so challenge if yourself to from move a beyond. Selfless perspective and a servant's perspective, then you would be less afraid to have that conversation because you're offering something. You're not asking for something. Okay, and that's. But then I, I can already hear the scenario of. Oh yeah, but I know that how that how that conversation's going to go. Yeah. You know, I know that. She's she's not even interested in enjoying it, you know, because because there are I mean, you've mentioned it before, Shannon, that there are just once a week type of people that uh, that's perfectly comfortable. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Yeah. Low testosterone. Yeah. Don't need any more than that. Yeah. But who I mean, for example, I think of, you know, when I was growing up and going to church and these little ladies would come up to me and say, could you use a hug? I never turned down a hug (laughs) because I knew that no matter how okay I was feeling in that moment, a hug would make me feel even better. Right. And I think that, that intimacy with your spouse kind of works the same way is that no matter how satisfied you are, no matter how okay you are, you can always be better with more touch. We as human beings need touch. So maybe start out asking your spouse, when can you remember feeling the most satisfied physically when are when have been the seasons of our marriage that you were the most turned on or the most pleasured or or just that you felt the most connected to me and how can i recreate that feeling for you so that you feel good as good as you once did i think that that's a great question that i can't fathom that a woman wouldn't want to hear from her husband yeah and and that's that's the whole idea of trying to get them to get to a reframe to to see the benefits of the act and the connection together because it is think about think about how a relationship can can evolve that if it is one-sided sex and maybe she gets pleasure or he gets pleasure out of it but not he doesn't get much receiving you know he doesn't get much 
of the joy of of the reciprocation and just the connection and all of that that can unfold that you're going to get to where you're skewed but if you have those moments of okay wait there there are good things that come from this you know there there are great i feel better about me i feel better about us i feel whatever because sex can be a great barometer of a relationship Mm -hmm. so it's it's almost getting them to unpack it in a conversation of okay wait that does help so how how could this be approached more often or or what would be some better ways this could be put on the table more or that we could at least talk about it cuz it seems like if you can get into this idea where the conversation isn't always just a default presumption of a no mm. you never know where it goes well, and don't assume that if the conversation goes south, that that's always going to be a bad thing forever. Yeah. A conversation that we had just a few years into our marriage consisted of me approaching Greg saying, I really wish that our sex life was a little bit more exciting, a little more adventurous. And his response, as painful as it was to hear, was actually quite sobering. He, I don't think that he intended to be hateful about it. He just replied, well, you know, you're not a thrill a minute to have sex with either. And I was just like, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, may, you might think about getting off your back once in a while. And that may sound really cold, but I actually use that expression with women sometimes. Yeah. Instance, that they're just flat out being lazy and they're not pursuing their husbands and they're not engaging and they're not being a full participant. It's yeah. like, baby dog, get off your back and, and get in the game here. Yeah. But as again, as painful as it was to hear, I needed that. I needed a reminder that my husband sometimes needs me to fully engage. I can't always expect him to be the one to, to, to jump into the game and drag me across the finish line that sometimes I need to grab the ball and run with it myself. Right. So even if the conversation goes bad, keep having it. Right. That reminds me, I had this email that, that we just got last week from a guy who kind of along the same lines, he says that he's recently discovered our show and he's been listening to back to back episodes ever since. He says early on in the marriage, he was getting depressed uh, over some career stuff and some different things, and sex became less frequent because of his depression, and his depression made him less attractive to his wife, and so this kind of caused a vicious cycle. Right. He just kept getting more and more depressed. He said that the sex became sporadic at best, and it wasn't unusual for them to go a, a month without having sex. Okay. And then he asked this question. He said, I feel like rekindling our sex lives could be very healing at this time now that he's kind of conquered some of these depression demons. He says, but I'm having trouble finding a way to express this without coming across as a ploy to just get laid more often <laughs> rather than the genuine desire for connection that it is. So, Corey, talk to us. If this were you, if you were walking in this guy's shoes and sex had just dwindled down to very infrequently and you've got some ground to make up, but you don't want to come across looking as if you're just trying to get laid more often. How would you approach it? Okay. Well, well, a lot of the answer is going to come with just kind of the totality of how you live your life, that there is a direct correlation between depression and low sex drive. I mean, hello. That's, that's, that's probably one of the no duh comments of the show. That's how the brain is wired. It is. So when you can, as a man, when you are down, that's going to spill over into every area of your life. And your wife is going to feed on that. And if she sees you as the one that is the kind of the pursuer by default, and that's not saying that's all you do, but that's, that's kind of your role, then she's going to take your cue from you. So when you have 
a little when you become more alive, when you start getting your game going again, and and that's not just in the bedroom, that's in your life, and you start living and conducting yourself with some confidence, that will spark some things in her, which can then bring about more pursuit and even the straight out conversation of, hey babe, I know for a while I was lost in the fog, but I'm I feel like I'm coming back now and I want you more. And it's you don't necessarily just talk about how you want more sex. You talk about how you want more with her. And to piggyback on what we were just saying earlier, it's not just, I want more of you. I want to offer you more of myself. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I want to experience more with you. I want to be a part. And it's kind of this idea. We can create some things together and, and I can offer more because I'm in a better place. Because you have to think about it at face value still, Shannon, is we have to come to grips with it as people. And sometimes men, we have to come to grips with this, that, yeah, I want more sex. That's the animalistic nature of myself. That, yeah, I want to get laid more often. There's nothing wrong with that. No. So you have to and kind of. women who feel the same way. Sure. You have to, you have to get, come to grips with that and digest that to the point of, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's something that's been kind of my journey of I have felt at times in my life and in my married life, for sure, I have felt guilty around sex of just, well, I can't want it that much. I can't I can't say what I'm really thinking to her right now. I can't do what I really want to do right now. And I, then I start realizing, wait, that's all just shame and that, yep. stuff from the past that's not true. That is thinking, thinking. Right. Sex negative mindset. Right. Yep. And so it's it's kind of conducting yourself in a manner that holds yourself to who to the standards you want to live and be confident in that. Well, and I also think that it's really important for women to hear that. I know that in society, we're kind of taught to be the passive ones. Don't be the pursuer. Let him pursue you. And that's kind of more for the dating and the courtship relationship. But once the wedding ring is on your finger and you belong exclusively to one another, you can pursue. You should pursue. Right. It should be like a tennis match. It should be a back and forth cat and mouse chase of a game. And actually women can feel very, very powerful when they pursue a man and conquer him. And, you know, it's it just, it creates this overwhelming feeling of victory when you, <laughs> when you offer your body freely to a man and conquer his resolve, you know, maybe you know, I'm too busy right now or whatever, but you just won't give in. You just, you know, grab him by the tie and lead him out of his desk chair and get him into that bedroom and conquer his resolve. It, it, th women can regain a sense of power that they feel as if they have lost historically. Right. So, I mean, there's a wide variety of reasons why women should be encouraged to pursue, 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 and let him pursue you and, and make it fun. Yeah. Make it fun. And it's it really comes down to both of you living more alive. Yes. And, and being being ex excited about your life and a path and a passion beyond just your relationship, but a passion for life. Yeah. I mean, and having more fun and feeling more freedom to be the sexual being that right. you were created to be. Hey, at the beginning of the show, I promised you a joke about feathers. Uh, and so when, let me tell you about one more question that was asked in. Uh, it was actually a, a class that I was taking when I was working on my master's degree. We were taking what's called an MMPI test. Yep where you answer 600 questions with true or false answers. And the rule is you can't ask the professor for clarification on anything. You right. just have to interpret it however you will. That's part of the test. Well, this one 
guy in the back row just gets all smart alecky and raises his hand and the professor is like no I, I can't answer any questions but he just blurts it out anyway he says look number 62 says i have some kinky sex practices well what's the definition of kinky and of course the professor's like i can't answer that well this little old lady on the front row she stands up and she says look you're normal if you use a feather you're kinky if you use the whole bird <laughs> So there's the answer to the definition of kinky right there. <laughs> and with that, I don't know if there's any more questions we need to cover. <laughs> Keep those questions coming in. We love answering uh, these these deep things that you're wrestling with in your marriage. It is our great privilege. We to do. do so. and, and here's, let me throw, I got one last one that I think we can cover in, the, in a minute. That an emailer sent in, they live in an old house. And she's very concerned about the sounds that come with sex because they have children. So sound carries with wood floors and, sure. and thin and walls. Wall. How can you have an active sex life with children when you have a fear of being hurt? What's your answer to that, Corey? Uh, you figure out times to do it when they're not around. Yeah. Or you just figure out ways to be quiet or you do it in the shower. Or if they're older, you tell them, hey, turn on some music because mom, mom and I are getting down. To turn on music in your own bedroom. Yep. Uh, there's scrumping music. There, there are certain songs that are just intended to be scrumped to. Yep. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with your kids knowing that you're having sex and that That's you have an right. active sex life. That's a good thing. Indeed. Well, well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We're glad you took some time out to join us today. If you got something that we did not cover, send us an email. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Also, jump on sexymarriageradio.com. There's every episode we've got. And we would love to hear what you think or any comments you have. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.